0: This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about the penultimate episode of What If Season 2? What if the Avengers assembled in 1602? But now, after weeks of trial and error, she stands alone. A failure and an outlaw in the dying universe she was summoned to save. On the run, with no way home, no place to go, nothing.
1: I can hear you, you know.
0: Wait, really? You can?
1: Well, I mean. Sometimes, yes. Do you need something? I'm kind of busy.
0: Peggy, you don't belong here. You're fighting a battle you can't possibly understand.
1: Oh, really? Well, the way I figure it, two time periods, the 1600s and the early 21st century, have been compressed, stuck together like two pieces of gum.
0: Hmm. Okay. You do know. Impressive.
1: And if I don't find a way to unstick these time periods, this universe will shatter.
0: Welcome back, fellow Defenders, to Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're back for the penultimate episode of What If Season 2. We're talking about what if the Avengers assembled in 1602. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hey, nonny
1: nonny, fellow Defenders. (laughs) I'm one of your hosts, John.
2: And rounding out this trio of Elizabethan, how now, brown cow? Marvel fans. I'm Chris.
0: <laughs> Hark, I hear the other voice of Chris has joined it us. <laughs> Thus, what is going on?
2: <laughs> I have journeyed high and low, back and forth, up and down, it's Lefteth and righteth, <laughs> <laughs> and forwardeth and backwith yes, <laughs> backwith and many, many ways. Is this is this a skull I see before me? No, it is my withered facade. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I'm glad to hear you're feeling much better, Chris, after uh, after the last couple of weeks. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yes. Welcome back, Chris. It's a to have you back. Um, I know you've missed out on uh, on quite a bit of the podcasting. We've been doing daily podcasts for the last uh, seven days, Chris.
2: I know, and I cannot thank you enough. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was struck down with um baby illness, which is mm-hmm. basically the babies carry germs and just take down the parents. Yep. Um, so I had no voice, which was. A mix between, um if anyone remembers, uh, Joe the Smoker in South Park, who had the <laughs> voice machine, and I think it was Joe, pretty sure it was Joe, and then a mix between Phoebe with uh, Smelly Cat when she had the flu. It was potentially very charismatic and uh-huh. soothing, but also... <laughs> Could have sounded like uh, a guy with a voice box, so right. we just wanted to save our listeners' ears. I
0: I did ask, was it a uh, a sexy voice for podcasting? But Chris said absolutely not. Twenty day smoker yep. uh, for an yep. over eighty year old uh, <laughs> is what it sounded like. So uh, glad you've had a had a chance to rest. Have you been enjoying the season so far, Chris?
2: I have. Um, it, it, it's been it's been a good one. Again, I, I get to see my Spider Man, um, which which is. Kind of always a piece where I'm like well, where's my spider where, where where's my zombie hunter? Give me more um so we will see um hopefully he 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 returns in the finale
0: mm I'm sorry to disappoint you Chris uh he was only uh scheduled for season one uh we're not gonna get him in season two at all
1: oh no, man. it is a shame it is because I did Maybe like season him. three yeah I
0: did like having old Spidey in the yeah it was fun in season one um yeah. but yeah maybe he'll be back for season 3 which is confirmed and is currently being made of course uh, as we know so uh, but we do have a really fun episode to talk about this time one that we've all been waiting for uh, what if the avengers assembled in 1602 um taking inspiration from Neil Gaiman's uh, Wonderful comic book series from, uh, 2002, uh, called, of course, 1602. So, uh, taking a bit of inspiration, not, not the storyline, but, uh, but at least some of the set. Yeah, absolutely. Probably. Absolutely. Yeah, a, a
1: little mixing of timelines, I think, going on, uh. Uh, in, in this. I think there was, there was the Robin Hood reference there with, um, Roger's Hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, that's about Richard the third era. So like the, th- 12th century maybe mm-hmm. yep. and then obviously 1602 elizabethan i've heard yep. stuff about it being the victorian era which <laughs> it certainly ain't Definitely although not. maybe tony's box is a little uh cyber-punk-y, yeah. i guess yeah. a little bit uh and then uh, even with banner um the 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 prisoner in the iron mask i mean that's kind mm-hmm. of like is that 17th or 18th century france
0: i think the book was yeah i'm not sure what what the setting was no for the i don't mask, i can't I remember admit. now uh
1: but it felt more cavalier kind of era you know
0: yes yeah yeah but if you haven't subscribed to the podcast uh by now, uh, go over to tvpodcastindustries.com. You can subscribe to hear the podcast through any mysterious podcast player in the multiverse. We do have time for some final bits of feedback from you. If you want to email us, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tv podcast industries. You see spoiler posts up there for each and every episode of What If Season Two. Uh, and just a reminder, we are staying in the MCU uh, next week. Echo is coming to Disney+. Plus. We'll have all five episodes coming out on um the 10th of January. It is. Yeah. It is. But we are going to record an episode a week uh, of Echo. So we will hopefully have the first episode up uh, just after the show gets released. And then we'll have an episode every week onwards. So we want to hear your feedback on that show as well. We do. We do. We do. Do. This joke is going to go on for a whole season. It really time. is. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this makes me want to record the entire episode of uh, uh, five episodes of Echo in one episode, just so I don't have to hear the joke every week. <laughs> anyway, let's get into our discussion about this episode of What If Season 2, Episode 8. Uh, the sh- Executive producers for the show, of course, once again, are Brian Andrews, A.C. Bradley and Brad Winderbaum with Kevin Feige. The head writer for this season of the show is A.C. Bradley, uh, who has written this episode along with Ryan Little, who wrote uh, the Kahori episode earlier on in the season. And, of course, this episode directed by Brian Andrews, who's directed each of the episodes uh, other than episode one. Excellent stuff.
1: Yeah. Good to have uh, Ryan Little back as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Kahori episode was
0: excellent. Absolutely. Yeah, really good. Total standout of the season so far, wasn't it?
1: Well, certainly one of them. Mm
0: -hmm. I've had quite a few, to be honest. But, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for this episode of What If? Sure. After arriving in 1602,
1: an Elizabethan-era universe, Captain Carter agrees to help Wanda Merlin and Sir Nicholas Fury stop an impending incursion. As a tear in space opens over the Globe Theatre, she saves Prince Hamlet, aka Prince Loki, from being pulled into a tear, but fails to save Queen Hella. The loss of the Queen enrages her successor, the new King Thor Odinson, who orders Sir Harold the Happy Hogan to hunt the outlaw Carter. Carter learns from the Watcher that the incursion is occurring due to the presence of the Forerunner, another time-displaced individual, and locates Tony Stark who can make a device to identify the Forerunner using the time stone in Thor's scepter. He points her towards outlaws Roger's Hood and his band of merry men, Bucky Barnes and Scott Lang to help steal it. Carter finds the group, but they are ambushed by Hogan. Carter gives herself up before freeing herself and enraging an iron-masked Bruce Banner. They meet with Stark and join Roger's group in infiltrating Thor's court. With Wanda's help, the group retrieves the time stone for Stark's device. Managing to activate the device, it identifies Rogers as the forerunner, who had inadvertently created the temporal anomaly while battling Thanos. Carter bids farewell to Rogers and returns him to his universe, preventing the incursion. Left and isolated in 1602, Peggy Carter is joined in a local pub by an unexpected friend and ally,
0: Doctor Stephen Strange Supreme. He's back. He certainly he, is. Yeah, yeah, traveling in in time and space uh, yeah. across all of these episodes as the post credit. Yes, he is back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what happens uh, with him in the uh, in the final episode. But as always happens when we have a structure for our episodes on TV podcast industries, it gets entirely broken by the end of the season. <laughs> so it's happened again, guys. And um, We have our structure <laughs> for our episode, which is where have we seen this all before? Uh, in other words, what? MCU movies are based on what's the small change, the premise of the episode, and what if the universe was changed forever. And all of those are pretty much broken uh, by this episode, because there is a small change that happens. The small change is that during the battle of Wakanda, uh, during the infinity war, uh, Steve facing down Thanos, he breaks the infinity stone or one of the infinity stones and merges these two um, places together. 1602 it's the time stone. and that yeah. battle. It's the time stone. And um, so, That's the big change that happens, or the small change that happens that creates this. But other than that, there's no other MCU movies as such referenced within this, or are there? there
1: It's more internal referencing from What If in that it is... Peggy Carter, the soldier out of time, mm-hmm. you know, displaced in time and through time, uh, moving, universe hopping effectively yeah. um, through, in a sense, no fault of her own. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah. and in, and in this case, you know, we saw her uh, being dragged through this this red portal uh, created by Merlin Wonder in the previous episode um the in in a car park. Yeah, yeah. Good job the car didn't also get pulled through as well. (laughs) Uh, I
2: really wanted it to because then you would have got an Army of Darkness, Evil Dead reference. That's what I was thinking (laughs) was going to happen. I was like, oh, oh." Oh, no. Okay, damn.
1: I know, exactly, Uh, which would have been quite good. Um, So there's all that internal referencing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, ultimately, you know, uh, within this episode. But outside of that, I guess Neil Gaiman, as you said.
2: Mm -hmm. Which it kind of is and kind of isn't. Like you said, it 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 pulls from the name sixteen oh two. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it it takes some kind of like or fury being Sir Nicholas, um, and kind of that being pulled in. Yeah. So there's there's some characters being kind of mentioned, but it really is a light touch reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for those who have read Neil Gaiman sixteen oh two,
1: absolutely, yeah. It's not consistent. I think that was what I was getting at with like having the 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 Rogers Hood and the Robin Hood reference. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's not consistent for yeah. for 1602. Yeah, but it, then it's a what if universe as well. So it yeah. could have exactly. been what if Robin Hood was Rogers Hood mm-hmm. <laughs> transported from you know Richard the First time to Elizabethan England. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So it, it's not. Yeah, it's it's a little inconsistent in its time point. But yeah. nonetheless, I understand why they would have that band of merry men and would yes.
0: reference Robin Hood, Um, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the big difference between 1602, Marvel 1602, and this version in What If, really, is that 1602... 1602- had marvel characters playing famous characters from that point in history very specifically yeah. um we did have queen elizabeth but everybody around her in her court were major characters from the marvel universe so uh, yeah. so we, we they were direct references to yeah. historical figures uh, whereas here it's more like what would happen if Tony Stark was in 1602 and he's still Tony Stark? <laughs> what would happen if Scott Lang was in 1602? It really doesn't take anything of the characters that would have been alive at the time. It's a big yeah. difference.
1: I mean, it still links to kind of that main protagonist though, in terms of who the forerunner is to some extent. Mm. I mean, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's kind of, it took the history of that period and put it in superhero sort of element to it so like peter parquet Mm -hmm. was fantastic you know was still the web slinger but just in elizabethan england yes um but like you say colonel fury or sir nicholas was referencing walsingham as Mm -hmm. the sort of chief security aide of of elizabeth and there was the Spanish Inquisition and mm-hmm. the New World, which is all happening in in that period, you know, that yeah. swashbuckling. So, yeah. yeah, I totally get what you mean. It kind of, that's what I mean. The, the, there's that inconsistency within this, which isn't, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying yeah. it, in that sense, it doesn't follow 1602. Yeah. Um, at all, but yeah. then
0: as I say, it's also a what if. So. Absolutely, absolutely. And we definitely weren't expecting to have the 1602 no. story just appear on screen in a half hour episode. Uh, hopefully someday uh, we'll get that.
2: I was gonna ask that looking back based on what Neil Gaiman's given us with, say, our um, Sandman uh, Netflix adaptation, mm-hmm. which is a very direct reference and kind of translation of his actual comic book. Mm-hmm. I still think potentially 1602 could work as like a eight episode yeah, kind of animated so. one-off limited run series type thing. Definitely. Because I think I think you enough of the people now will have reference. In say two to three years, they'll have more references to the X-Men, they'll have reference to the Fantastic Four. You'll have more of that Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Definitely. From a cinematic sense built. I think they could
1: and there's lots of enough references happening like you say the Spanish Inquisition with the X-Men were you know you could really go into that mm-hmm. um, and yeah. more and also with the new world stuff and i think certainly as well you know maybe one of the adaptations they could do to it is bring in kahori say for example as well potentially you know um, and yeah. so i would love to see that i have to say yeah. 8 to 10 sort of episode animation, live action, I, like it, yeah,
0: yeah I, I, I can imagine it being an animation. Um, it's yeah. just something that, that Marvel has never really lent into, uh, the Marvel studios very much has taken inspiration from their comic book works and the comic books say as the yeah. comic books. That's very much a DC thing to do a direct translation yeah. from the comic into animated. Uh, and they've been really successful. That's some great DC animated movies, yeah. uh, based on exact comic arcs or as close to as they could at the time I'd love to see 1602 adapted into an animated show Um, but the fact that they've made this reference to it they've connected to it hopefully that'll draw more people out to read uh, the comic book because the comic book is the comic book Um, I I just don't know whether you'd be able to nail it uh, in animated and I'm not sure whether uh, marvel will go that way especially now as they're i think the diversification of marvel is going to be clamped down on even more as the years go on with less properties coming out rather than a bigger expansion to the universe but animated sounds like a great idea doing yeah. an animated special uh 1602 maybe maybe this will inspire uh that yeah. in the future kind of like uh robber ross right kind of like the snake eating its own tail um 1602 in what if based off the comic and then that inspiring the uh, Adam Ellis show coming out of it in the future. Ma- that yeah, cool. I mean, Marvel are, Zombies. Yeah, are we are getting Marvel you know, Zombies, so. exactly. Yep, uh, there's coming, always Coming chance. up, hopefully this year we're going to get Marvel Zombies a uh, spinoff from last year's one well, if maybe a 1602 show would be the spinoff from uh, from this one. Um Is there any anything else referenced in here? Any other references you guys picked up to movies or uh, even things that are said anything that happens in the episode that you guys uh, picked up?
1: I mean, other than Robin Hood and the, the man in the iron mask in terms mm. of literary or folklore tales, and mm-hmm. um, you know, the, there's those, uh, for sure. No, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, we've got the globe with Shakespeare and Loki doing Hamlet. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've <laughs> yeah. got. <laughs> or a version of Hamlet. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's uh, doing
0: Willy Shakes. He is. He is. Yeah. And probably taken directly from uh, Tom Hiddleston doing more, loads and loads of Hamlet uh, over yeah. the years. He's a, a very well-known uh, Shakespeare actor. So uh, so having him on screen doing uh, doing Shakespeare at the opening of the episode is quite cool.
2: De- and then one, it, it's self-referential. It pulls on this new purple Happy Hogan. Yeah, and um, the 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 happiest of hulks, mm-hmm. um, if you will, yeah, um, which is fun. It, it, that's a nice callback as well. In that, like, it's not, it's not just the only one. Obviously, we have Captain Carter, but like, yeah. that just being called back is a, a fun reference, I think now because I think they make try and keep happy like that yeah
0: the mcu's yeah. hulk hogan is back for this episode please.
1: absolutely I, I loved his quippy sort of pithy remarks all the way through as well i thought that was quite good certainly sort of in the big court battle where he's fighting banner and scott lang and stuff mm-hmm. you know yeah uh using all the ye olde terms to to sort of uh put down his uh <laughs> the person who he was
0: fighting at Absolutely. the time. I thought yeah. that was quite good. Well, I like throughout that everybody knows this is what happens to uh, Happy Hogan, that he will turn into a monster if you get him angry. So everybody's trying to just keep calm around him <laughs> that's yeah, well, around until it? they really need it to happen.
1: Well, that's it. when, when uh, Thor says right at the start, you know, after just being sort of crowned mm-hmm. king, you know,
0: mind your affliction. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was good. Could, could that be a reference to Jekyll and Hyde, maybe, since there's a couple of other literary references in here? That'd be a little reference to that maybe well, possibly <laughs> in this yeah. day yeah, yeah i guess so thinking something like that then of course would, the, there would be
1: a victorian uh, bit in there as well yeah
0: potentially potentially but again this is a created universe uh, yeah. the only other one that i uh, that i wanted to point out is just a, a very specific reference because captain carter has followed the mold of steve rogers throughout her appearances she's had a lot of the same um storylines that he's had i just liked that there is a moment with rogers hood asking peggy carter to describe the steve rogers from her world and she says i don't think i will that's the response that steve rogers gave to falcon when he came when when he met uh, back up with him at the end of avengers endgame uh, he said uh, he wasn't going to tell him about his life for peggy carter so i just like that peggy got that line about her steve rogers yeah excellent yeah it's quite cool and our third point usually is uh, what if the universe was changed forever and uh interestingly this episode um Effectively, Peggy saves this universe, unmerges the two worlds, saves everything, returns everything to the way it was. So absolutely nothing would be different other than Peggy is stuck in 1602 at the end of the episode. Uh, So there's nothing actually changed. Everything goes back to the way it was beforehand.
1: Well, I like that they implicitly reference here... That it's an incursion, effectively. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Um Which you know we saw at the end of Multiverse of Madness. Yes, we did. Um, you know, so far it it's been about changing a a universe in the multiverse and changing some aspect of it. It's only been Peggy's through line where she has effectively travelled through those barriers mm-hmm. between um, the different universes. But effectively, here the um the great tragedy of the 1602 world is that there is an incursion with as we find out steve rogers uh universe uh, mm-hmm. from, from whence he came uh to um so that process is happening is being referenced here as yeah. well yeah. which is interesting because it, it's i think the only other reference since the end credits mm. of multiverse of madness where we've had that and I kind of do feel that's probably where the MCU is going ultimately.
0: Yeah, and incursions are really important in Marvel comics. That's kind of how we got the uh, Ultimate Universe of of mm-hmm. Marvel yeah. connecting and and being part of the central comic book universe. This idea of these two worlds colliding against each other some People on one universe get saved uh, while it merges with the other universe, uh, or they all get destroyed. So we hear that from the Watcher throughout this. He's seen millions of different realities uh, collapse and fall apart and, and be destroyed over time. What makes sixteen oh two so special uh, in in this case? So uh, so that's quite interesting. That that. Um, they do reference incursions between two worlds here. So it may become a much bigger thing, uh, with, um, the Marvel universe going on. It's how, uh, the Fantastic Four reintroduced, uh, into the, the main Marvel world. So they were quite central to that story as well. So, um, so yeah, that's since, since Fantastic Four are coming up in the MCU, uh, this may be laying some groundwork, uh, to get the idea of incursions back into people's minds as the rest of the saga continues.
2: The way I guess. Or the way I have a feeling what is going on in the MCU, especially now that the, that the what if has for these f- first few episodes really kind of lent into the multiversal watcher. And he's talking about coming and goings and realities starting and stopping and dying and mm-hmm. everything. I, I get the feeling that unlike some of the previous, which we know about the MCU, where it was like, all right, we'll write the, um, the Infinity Stones in as we go along, and see where we get to after ten mm-hmm. years. That type. It, it was planned, but like not as. I get the feeling incursions was very much, very much a targeted, wording targeted approach, and some of the Watchers' lines here were pointed. So again, a nod to us who do follow. Like a rabid dog going. Oh my god! Do you hear what they said there? (laughs) And oh, it's gone. This slobbering going. Uh Oh, this is so good. But for anyone just casual watcher, they they enjoy it because they understand. It's now been said in the multiverse of madness. It's been said in um, Loki. It's been said in all these different places. Mm -hmm. So the casual users go, "Oh, I I kind of get what's going on." So I feel it, it is now being a more common lexicon for the standard MCU watcher versus us who podcast about it, talk it, listen about it, like very much devour the content.
0: Or at least it it, it will start to be. I think that's one of the things as we get deeper and deeper into the multiversal saga as this part of the mcu is called uh but people will be able to come back and reference these points where they where they've mentioned incursions
1: well it's and and it's like you know we get here the watcher saying that some worlds in the multiverse are meant to die yeah um, and that's ultimately what happens in an incursion Mm -hmm. uh you you get these kind of mergings when certain worlds uh, survive over others so yeah like i thought that was really good i think um the other side of this that I really liked was just having Peggy sort of being brought to the the world of 1602 as their saviour, and then ultimately being seen as a failure by Thor because Hela mm-hmm. it is taken um, through that tur that yeah. happens, and yeah, like and that, then yeah. an outlaw, but. But she's got that real kind of Peggy Carter thing where she wants to see it through. So come hell or high water, even though the forces of King, um, Thor Odinson are ranged against her, mm-hmm. she's wanting to sort of finish this through. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think like the, the things I really liked, as she said, was, you know, just the melancholiness of her with Steve Rogers. And um, mm-hmm. like you, you talked about, her not wanting to describe her steve rogers but even then when in the in thor's court and they have activated the device they've identified him as the forerunner and you have thor saying finish the job i've now got to send him away Mm -hmm. um and you know she's just it's very melancholy it's like will we ever get a happy ending so i i love i I love that kind of sense of you know these star-crossed lovers that ultimately never seem to catch a break mm-hmm. um i thought that was really kind of sort of uh it's poignant really i think mm-hmm. for for peggy's yeah. character um and i i loved her interaction with tony stark i love i, I loved him sort of when she said radioactive she go he goes Radio was. I love your made up words. Your beautiful gibberish. It was really good. Tony Stark again. I love the way he's been written in this series of what if um, just kind of, he's kind of like he's he's, he's had too much sugar um, you know he's just had way too much sugar and he just can't keep himself uh, contained at or all
0: way too much alcohol uh, well in this case yeah, yeah. I guess grain alcohol
1: <laughs> yes.
0: um, he does give alcohol at what 11 o'clock in the morning to uh, to <laughs> Bruce Banner to try and sort out his, uh, his issues because uh, it solves all of life's problems <laughs> at least in this case for Tony but he is a lot of fun isn't he uh, Tony yeah. Stark in here alone I love that he's still the inventor, but I like that he's taken a little bit of guidance from um, from uh, Peggy Carter in here as well. Uh, as I say, since this has broken our format and we're not able to talk about it in the same way as we normally do, let's just talk about the episode itself. Any any, any things that stood out to you, any moments that you really enjoyed from the episode as well? Chris, anything that uh, that jumped out to you that you liked about the episode?
2: Personally, just the end, the ending, the actual, um, banquets, the fight or the, yeah. the banquet, the, the banquet hall fight, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, really just showing all the different superpowered uh, heroes and villains, it was say, say that using their different powers. And again, with this animation style, they went, they, they really go hard on like, if it's a visceral, realistic almost, it, it suits the MCU style, and uh, in terms of when they're doing fight, it would be almost as if it was a standard camera pan, a Russo camera pan. Mm-hmm. When you had uh, Rogers Hood kind of battling and having his piece, yeah. I, I enjoyed that, and I did enjoy the 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 ending, the 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 choice to make the forerunner Rogers and mm-hmm. having that connection point like that that so that culminating what eight minutes of a kind of mm-hmm. finale. For me it was just really fun. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. no, I'm I'm the same. I really loved the action, I loved the fights here, the the yeah, the court. Uh, where they infiltrate the court mm. and, and that uh, I, I really enjoyed. And Roger's hoods, uh, sort of tree houses oh, as well, which were okay. overly yeah. ornate. Um, yeah. but I loved Yeah, that the, definitely stood out yeah. as a, a not a very secure secret hideout. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I, I but the, 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 the fight scenes there, like I loved the, the role, uh, yellow jackets and you mm. get the destroyer from Thor. Yeah. So actually Thor is referenced the movie, at least in terms of, um, the destroyer, sort of yes. The destroyer, yep. and I guess there's also Ant-Man with Darren mm-hmm. Cross, um, as well with the yellow jackets, the the royal yellow jackets, kind of referencing that because I mean you even hear Scott Lang saying, you know, I hate copycats,
0: yes, and um, yes, which I thought good. was quite good. Um, so in this universe, Darren Cross has been successful at creating. Uh, lots of armor for an ar- for an armed
2: yeah, force somewhat. I guess exactly at
0: some point yeah um
1: i also did like the the nice little reference to red skull as the royal executioner mm. uh, sharpening yeah. his axe there uh, mm. in the moonlight at the tower of london i thought that was a good use of the red skull
0: and you did see him for a quick moment yeah. in the battle as well didn't you um yeah. he was he was taken out pretty quickly but you did see him for a quick moment in there so that was kind of cool
1: yeah it it was really good yeah. and i think the only other big thing it was that Peggy can hear the Watcher. Yes. So that is, um, uh, that's just a nice little moment where she just says, you know, oh, is it you again? You know. Yeah. Uh, and are and is just... able to learn, you know, the fact that, as I was saying, you know, that some worlds uh, are meant to die. But he also does, you know, provide that that warning to her. You know, you can't predict the coming events mm-hmm. if you uh, sort of intervene or meddle hey. with uh, this this process of incursion happening
0: I wonder if that's a hangover from um, the Guardians of the Multiverse from her him pulling her out of time to become a member of the Guardians of the Multiverse that she's able to hear him because of that I wonder if that's part of the reason why she is it
1: could be I mean season Um, one we got a few where Strange hears him narrating mm -hmm. and sort of looks around to see who it was which I love that that idea so that you know just maybe a faint echo Mm. Uh, but possibly yeah it's been enhanced because she is the the woman out of time yes yeah, the, the the reality of time. as well she never yeah. went
0: back to her own her own time or her own reality uh in the in the original series so uh, i wonder if it was that uh, in one thing that i absolutely loved in the fight scene in the in the um the rogers hood's um secret high date uh pub basically um I loved in that battle we had Peggy and Steve Rogers sharing the shield. How cool was that? As they're bouncing the shield off the jackets, Steve's picking it up, bouncing it off them, and Peggy's picking it up again. I thought that was so dynamic, so cool to see both of them share the shield. That is absolutely something I I would love to have seen in live action. I'd love to see uh, Chris Evans and Hilly Atwell uh, side by side, bouncing the shield around the place. That would be cool.
2: They still might. They, they still, might. still might. Well,
0: I, I, I think it's unlikely we're ever getting Chris Evans back in the MCU, but they may um, uh, retool his model from uh, from the, one of the one of the movies of the past. Maybe uh, do something like that, cut it together. And then the only other thing that I really liked about the episode as well um, was. Peggy works out the problem here as well. Not only can she hear the Watcher, um, he's telling the story, he's talking about this dying world, but Peggy works out that it is two worlds that are merged together that she needs to break back apart to save the day, effectively. Yeah. So massively intelligent and massively capable. Uh, good old uh, Captain Carter here. Um, always there with the plan. Yeah, really. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Uh, any notes about the episode? Anything? Any little details that you wanted to call out from the episode?
2: My, my only pieces of the listeners haven't actually read Neil Gaiman Nine Two to give it a, a shot. There are some references to this, but don't think that you, because you've watched this episode, you can and you don't need to go read this comic. Yes. Yeah. There's a collected edition. If enough people buy it, they'll probably do another reprint, mm-hmm. but it's definitely your local comic book shop will have it a hundred percent. If you don't and you just, if you're digital only, Kindle, all Comicsology, Amazon, they all have it mm-hmm. wherever you, you like to read your comic books.
0: They're all the same thing, Chris.
2: I know they weren't. <laughs> They've they merged now. as well. They're all the yes. same thing. Just <laughs> we like need Peggy uh, to unmerge them. We do. Yeah. We do.
0: Uh, Comicsology used to be great, and now it's merged into, uh, into this really weird uh, hybrid app now, which is really difficult to read on. Um, but you're absolutely right, Chris. Yeah, definitely go read Sixteen Oh Two. I think it's one of those. Uh, one of those. Um, graphic novels that I generally recommend uh, about once a year to people to read, because uh, it's, yeah. it's well worth picking up. Um, I wanted to just call out a couple of little uh, other background nods that they that they call out in this episode um they're talking about the uh these tears in the universe these incursions that are uh pulling and taking away things um from this this area in 1602 uh they reference nebula's observatory the isle of ego and Groose groves winery uh, all three <laughs> yeah. are gone now uh this is the point where oh, no, thor breaks exactly where thor <laughs> breaks and goes if the wine's gone, that's the end of our world, basically. But I just like its Isle of Ego. Uh, Ego is the living planet, so I like that they've they've turned it into an isle here on the planet. And, of course, um, Nebula's observatory because she's one of the Guardians of the Galaxy, so she's got an observatory uh, yeah. in this place. So uh, I, I like that they nod about other characters in this world. Yeah. That's quite cool. Excellent stuff. Good stuff. Well, that just leaves us with one thing about the episode. Chris, do you defend Season 2, Episode 8? What if the Avengers assembled in 1602?
2: Yes. Yes. Plain and simple, yes. It is a fun frolic and romp, and one may say um, an interesting journey into the unknown of 1602, Um, even though it might be Elizabethan, Victorian, um, uh, medieval. Um wherever you may like to place your English history, it's still sixteen oh two. It's fun.
0: Do you know I'm gonna be really pedantic, Chris, because we talked about this just before the episode. Oh, Actually this era co- would be called the Hellion era at Ooh. the beginning of the episode, and then potentially the Thor Odin Sullian era. <laughs> because yeah. it's about who's it's in, in who's the ruler and Elizabeth isn't the queen here. That is true. It starts with uh with Hella. So uh I guess. If I was being really pedantic. Uh, and you are, um, yeah Yeah, it's just yes. sixteen yeah. nineteen, <laughs> But Fair you are way. absolutely right. It is Elizabethan in our times, yes. Yes.
2: But overall, fantastic, and I would defend. Brilliant. Jonas, would you defend this episode of What If?
1: Yes, I would defend uh, this episode of What If?, I'd give this four and a half Willy shakes out of five. Um, <laughs> Should have asked Dust though. Defend uh, this episode. Dust
2: though.
1: <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, I I really liked this. I loved being immersed in 1602 in a what if uh, animation. I uh, thought it was just really you know great storytelling. Loved the animation. Loved the action with the fight sequences. Mm-hmm. I loved the melancholy, the the sort of hopelessness of peggy carter but this you know and steve rogers um relationship uh but i love the fact that peggy carter is this um you know hero out of time this soldier out of time saving other universes really heroic uh i loved all the different nods like you said around the isle of ego but you know the royal yellow jackets mm-hmm. uh the the monster in the iron mask being the hulk all these different things absolutely loved and of course just to bookend it with uh stephen strange arriving in the pub where peggy is sort of drowning her sorrows mm. so a little bit of a, a pick me up uh, you know two of the principal pr- uh, protagonists of the guardians of the multiverse sat together in a pub in 1602 so mm-hmm. uh intrigued to see how that carries on as we have the to be continued mm-hmm. so um really really
0: enjoyed uh this episode of what if yeah. yeah and we haven't really had that technically in any of the other episodes though, the to be continued parts so this is really part one and part two of yeah. the finale and, yeah. absolutely yeah.
1: so derek with that do you defend this episode of what if
0: I do defend this episode. I really enjoyed, um, considering I probably was hoping to see Neil Gaiman's 60. Ad- adapted. Um, and that's not really what happens here. Uh, but no. I think they have a lot of fun with the premise. They have Absolutely. A lot, of, a, a lot of, um, good writing behind it. Um, it's nice to see Bucky and Steve and Scott Lang working together as, uh, as Robin Hood and his merry men effectively. I thought that was a, that was a fun little, uh, addition to, to the episode. Um, one of the other things I really liked was the battle between Thor and uh, and Captain Carter, um, with him with his vibranium sword versus her vibranium shield. So that was a cool little, uh, yeah. additional touch. Uh, Hulk versus Hulk was pretty cool. Hulk versus the Freak, actually, which is, uh, why I found out, um, Happy Hogan's Hulk is actually called, it's a character called the Freak from Marvel Comics as well. So, uh, so Hulk versus the Freak was very cool. Uh, the Yellow Jackets in there was awesome. Uh, yeah, some, some really good, exciting fights. And yeah, I think ending with, that moment where Peggy has to sacrifice everything and she's now the only hero left in 1602, uh drowning her sorrows, not really knowing how to get back, I presume the Watcher would actually have given her another opportunity to leave. I think so, Wouldn't yeah. You? yeah. He did it like three times in the episode, or was he just going, well, you didn't listen to me and you meddled, <laughs> so I'm not taking you home. <laughs> is, that, is that it? Uh, your your ride's gone, basically. Uh, but I'd be interested to see how that plays out in the final episode yeah. as well. Good stuff. Well goes on to our last question of the episode what if we had some feedback and we do
2: first up we have some feedback from the one and only coffee and vodka via email that is what would it, what would it be it would be a letter it would be a, a carriage pigeon pigeon letter yes eh, carry a pigeon sparrow whatever.
1: potentially a, a missive i guess a missive there you go a rider on a horse horseback rider that, that could work too <laughs>
2: Uh, First up, as I said, it's from Coffee and Vodka and win. Greetings, fellow time-displaced defenders. I've got this saying. I'd like to think it is original. It's not what is said or done, but who says or does it. If, for example, you caught Paul Rudd making forceful love to your parents over the still-cooling corpse of your siblings, you'd most likely just want to tell him that mania wasn't his fault. <laughs> By the same token... Where the chopped up and chunk hunted formats of episode 2 made it seem like a charming comic book. The same format gave an agonizing taste of what could have been in episode 7. Or the wonderful quip fest of Tony versus the Grandmaster up against the rehash that was Justin versus Happy. 1602 manages to tell a complete tale despite its half-hour confines, with dialogue and plot points that could have felt fan servicey, but instead were given a fresh shine. They gave us a free-for-all ending that was a brilliant tear, which in She-Hulk was rightly played off as overdone. Even Hulk Hogan worked well in this. Loved that feather bit. <laughs> Funny, tragic perfectly executed in every conceivable way this was said and done by the best in the finest way possible and as usual even with stark and center form loki stole the show five plus well-known ganked Yorick's unhappy endings and strange segues out of five peace and take care coffee and vodka
0: great stuff coffee and vodka yeah Yeah, I forgot about the. uh, I forgot to mention the um, the feather bit, which is the final straw for (laughs) before (laughs) Happy Hogan explodes into the freak. The feather (laughs) that broke the camel's back for old Freaky
1: Hogan. (laughs) Yeah, good stuff. Coffee and vodka. Really pleased you enjoyed uh, this episode of of What If. Um, Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it is interesting, isn't it? You know, that half hour confine. It's one of the things that's just, I, I mean, I've felt personally all these tales have just been really good. Mm-hmm. I think it's, um, you know, so much packed into those 30 minutes, uh, just really sort of, uh,
0: top notch storytelling here. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been, uh, been really good fun to watch these episodes as they, as they've unfolded, isn't it? Yeah. Um, And I suppose it's one of those ones that we've talked about before quite a few times about the, if you're looking to poke holes in things, uh, you'll probably find... Uh, those holes to poke at things trash right? whereas if you're really enjoying something you're probably not going to find those cracks right yeah. uh, probably not going to find them in the same way so uh, so i'm glad you enjoyed this episode coffee and vodka uh, over on our facebook group we got a message in from heather wallace who says brilliant 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 episode i love the peggy and the watcher can have a chat and that she could have gone with him but refused seeing much love characters in an historical setting is so much fun although they did get people's titles incorrect it should be Sir Nicholas, not Sir Fury. I mean, it's literally in the game and comic. There was so much to enjoy from Tom Hiddleston having Loki deliver Shakespearean sonnets to Scott irritating Bucky and some great motivational phrases from Tony. It's decorative and it's only a failure if it explodes <laughs> will, will be my go-to work phrases from now on. The eternally star-crossed Steve and Peggy are always so heartbreaking. I really hope there's a happy ending for Peg soon. Once again, Bearded Steve is the best Steve and I can't wait to see the next mystery and what Doctor Strange is up to. Excellent,
1: Excellent stuff. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Heather. Uh, yes, uh Tony Stark fine form again. Mm-hmm. And the other one I liked was were um I think when Steve comes into his barn where Peggy is and he he, he, he um He kind of he says something to her. I can't remember quite what it is, but Tony goes, "I think I would have used a sonnet (laughs) as well." Um, So I really enjoyed uh, Tony in in this as well. Absolutely, Um, and yes, uh, bearded Steve is the best Steve in the same way that bearded Chris is the best Chris. (laughs) The only Chris you'll get. (laughs) Exactly. I love it. I love
0: it.
2: Although I will say, just on the Fury piece Mm -hmm. um, in the MCU. Everyone calls him Fury. Yeah. You don't call him Nick. So that's why they I'd say they made this
0: change. I, I was positive that that was my exact response to Heather over in our Facebook group, Chris. Um, hey! yeah, that it was, that it's potentially because, uh, you can't call him Nick in, in the MCU. It has to be, uh, has to be Fury. So, um, although Heather rightly pointed out that, uh, they also call it Sir Happy as well, don't they? Um, for Happy yeah. Hogan. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, they just got it wrong. <laughs> but I think, I think we've got the no prize answer, Chris, uh, yes. for why they were calling him Sir Fury. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff. Thanks, Heather. Thanks so much, Heather. Also on Facebook, Harvey Locus says the brief shots of Red Skull served as a perfect red herring for the plot twist. I've heard rumors of a surprise 10th episode. Do you think we'll get one like we did with Sandman? Interesting. So. The rumour of the surprise 10th episode is similar to what happened in season 1. There's actually been an episode cut from this season. So the Gamora episode that we got earlier on this season was supposed to be in season 1 when it was originally supposed to be 10 episodes in each season. There's an episode that we've already seen a little bit of a preview for, um, which features Red Guardian and uh, and Bucky Barnes in a car together. Uh, that was written by AC Bradley for season two, but has been moved into season three already. Okay. So that's, I think, where that rumor of the extra episode, the extra 10th episode was coming from, but definitely confirmed and we're about a week out now uh, from the final episode being released that this is just a nine episode uh, animated series. But yeah. I do like the tease of Red Skull. I do wonder if we'll get to see more of him in the finale or maybe in uh, season three.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, good stuff. Uh, thanks so much, Harvey. Um, also on Facebook, Victor Von Doom says, nice setup for the finale. The animation is top notch. Hogan did not seem so happy in 1602. <laughs> Loving Hayley Atwell and Jeffrey Wright in this series. Yeah, they've been superb. and I, I think just them having the conversation together as well, is just a really mm-hmm. good touch to have those two. Um, sort of interacting uh in the animation uh and certainly yeah hogan was not happy at all um <laughs> <laughs> he, he was he was hilarious actually just because totally sort of against character really mm-hmm. uh really enjoyed happy hogan in 1602 as uh, so, yep yeah. good stuff victor uh, and finally on facebook we have joel shopton who says What a fantastic episode. Wish we had a bit more of the characters from the 1602 series, as their Daredevil is one of my favourites especially. Great connections to the rest of the show so far, and a good tease for what's to come. Thanks, Joel.
2: Yeah, thanks, Joel. I, too, love that Daredevil Mm -hmm. as well. I assume it's just because the MCU's... Daredevil is still not fully MCU'd. Mm -hmm. It's still basically the Netflix version and She-Hulk and soon to be Echo.
0: Echo. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then uh, when he gets his own show, Born Again, I'd say that's in those future. What ifs we make at him?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Yeah, I, th- I think so. It's like as if they uh, they've been given the mandate that you can look back at the history of the MCU and you can tell stories in the things we've already told, but don't tell anything of the future of, yeah. of the MCU. Don't bring in a character first here other than Keori, yeah uh, which will be interesting to see how she plays out in the future. But yeah, it would have been it would have been cool that we we have talked about it, uh, earlier on Joel. It would have been cool to see. An animated movie of 1602 it's such a great storyline and, and would feature so many characters that we all love so um so hopefully we might get that in the future but uh but yeah it's unlikely they'd bring in uh, peter parker and uh and De- uh, daredevil uh into this uh into this version of the story in just the half hour they had i think they stuffed in loads in there didn't they yeah
2: yeah, mm. yeah.
0: great stuff thanks so much for all of your feedback uh on this episode and we do have an email in from Heather Wallace. Uh, Heather says, Dear Chris, Derek and John, Happy New Year and wishing you all a wonderful and wondrous 2024. Thank you for your great work on the podcast in 2023. You covered such a large number of shows, often simultaneously and in tight time frames, always maintaining high quality and great enthusiasm. It's such a pleasure to listen to you and I am in awe that you do all this while still having demanding day jobs. I learned so much listening to you all, things I didn't know about the various productions, Easter eggs and even plot points. I'm loving the daily podcast, some Marvels What If? I love the show. I think it's my favorite of everything you've covered this year. And hearing your comment commentary every day is an extra special holiday treat. I'm lucky enough to still be on holidays, and your podcast has become part of my morning schedule. I hope Chris feels better soon, and your dynamic tri- trio will be reunited. All the very best, Heather.
1: Thank you so much, Heather, for the email. Really, really good. Um, and thank you for listening. And we're really glad you're enjoying. Uh, our podcasts and in particular uh, that our current one with what if mm-hmm. is uh, being such a part of your your morning ritual yeah uh, and i'm glad that chris is back as well uh, Me so too. and the dynamic trio is back for uh these final two episodes Absolutely. of what if for you yeah
2: i i do feel if it's the dynamic duo um actually it's the the terrifying trio the three of us come together
1: (laughs) yeah well absolutely
2: (laughs) thank you so much heather it it means a lot to uh, to get emails like this um and how much we we kind of just become a part of your routine and how much you guys enjoy um we do have demanding jobs um but we also love doing this and it's a great way to hang out with our friends absolutely uh, you guys and each other Mm -hmm.
0: Yep, absolutely and this is the first time we've ever done uh daily podcasting. We've never done it before. So, and we won't be doing it after the end of this uh, of this yes. season uh, <laughs> either. Uh nine episodes in a row is a lot to do uh, after we've been on holidays and while we're back at work as well or at least I'm back at work at the moment. So, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, it's a lot to it uh, to manage but two episodes to go. So, uh have been really enjoying it and getting getting through the content this quickly has been uh, pretty shocking. I'm getting through the season this quickly has been pretty shocking. Yes Heather yes, Snap, yeah. I'm also still on holidays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should be getting you to edit the podcast, John, uh this time, Brett. Yes.
2: Oh, <laughs> that's why you should have said nothing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, as always Heather Soccer Moms Wallace. Uh it's <laughs> always great to get your your feedback in and it, it means a lot. Maybe we should also uh call you Heather bearded Steve is the best Wallace <laughs> maybe maybe yeah, that's that's the, the other m- little
0: moniker we will go by absolutely thanks so much for joining us and thanks so much for all of your feedback if you want to email us you can email us to feedback at tv podcast industries dot com or pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tv podcast industries and as we've been saying we're now up on threads we're trying to get rid of that Twitter account uh, so please come follow us on threads so that we can uh, use polls and do all that fun stuff that we used to do on there uh, on Twitter so it can become our ex (laughs) absolutely
1: let's make twitter our ex
0: absolutely we'll be back tomorrow with our chat about what if season two the finale episode nine what if strange supreme intervened
2: thank you so much and we'll speak to you again tomorrow bye yes
1: thank you so much fellow defenders for joining us Uh, as always a pleasure until episode nine of what if Keep watching, keep listening, and, of course, keep defending. Bye. Bye. Exit stage left.
0: Pursued by Bear.
1: Bye. <laughs>